You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, several SEC teams off to Omaha. We will recap all the weekend action that was. We had six teams in the Super Regionals this past weekend. We'll run through it all. Also, we will go around the conference. Tons of SEC football notes to unpack, including Georgia wide receiver Demetrius Robertson entering the transfer portal and much more. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest episode of the show as soon as it comes out several days a week. All right, let's jump into it, recapping all the action that was this past weekend over in Omaha. And we start with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Weak ground ball. We'll see if it's two. It is. And Leiter survives the seventh with the lead. The defense has been stellar behind him. Right field base hit. Huge hit for Bradfield. Vanderbilt now leads it three to one. Got him. Vandy's going back to Omaha. Yeah, the Commodores beat ECU on Saturday 4-1 to at Hawkins Field to win their Super Regional and advance to the College World Series. Vanderbilt, who were national champions in 2014 and 2019, they will be one of eight teams playing for a national title starting this coming weekend. On Saturday, Vanderbilt got a brilliant pitching performance from Jack Leiter and a two-run game-winning single by Carter Young in the fifth inning. The Doors are now 24-7 in their last 31 postseason games. Tim Corbin and company have done an incredible job. Jack Leiter, he is now third in Vanderbilt history for strikeouts in a single season with 156. He went seven innings, gave up the one-earned run while limiting ECU to two hits. He walked three, struck out 10 while throwing 94 pitches, 61 of those for strikes. Vanderbilt, they improved to 43-1 this season when leading after eight innings. And the one run by the Pirates, ECU, was the fewest Vanderbilt allowed in a Super Regional since Illinois scored just two against them in 2015. A lot to like about Vandy, and of course it starts with their two guys at the front end of that rotation with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. I just, I've said it all all season long, you're going to find, not going to find any other teams that have a one-two punch like those two guys, and they are going to be a tough out for anybody they face in Omaha, including some of the other SEC teams that are joining them there. But unbelievable season for Vanderbilt and I guess technically still the defending champs, right? Having won it two years ago, we didn't have a postseason last year, but it will uh, will be a lot of fun to see what Vanderbilt can do over in Omaha. One of the other games or series wrapping up yesterday, how about the one between the two SEC teams, Tennessee and LSU in the Knoxville Super Regional? Hey, Peyton Manning, where are the Tennessee Vols headed? That's right. The Tennessee Volunteers are heading to Omaha. They swept LSU in two games in the Knoxville Super Regional and did so in winning game two on Sunday in very impressive fashion, beating the Tigers 15-6. The long ball was in full effect. Well hit. 
Left center. Focus on that. 2-1 shot for Pavoloni in the nine hole. And the ball is flying out in Knoxville. Wow! Headed towards the Tennessee River. And the Volunteers have homered again. Tony Vitello and his staff had an outstanding season, and the Vols are headed to Omaha for the first time in 16 years since 2005, the fifth time in team history. Blake Tidwell gave Tennessee what they needed yesterday, pitching seven innings, did allow six runs off seven hits as LSU was able to get some later in the game. Uh, Tidwell also recorded seven strikeouts. Chad Dallas, he pitched six innings on Saturday night of two-run ball, really solid as well. A handful of guys with home runs on Sunday for the Vols. Jake Rucker, he had two. Drew Gilbert, Evan Russell, Jordan Beck, Connor Pavoloni. Let's see if the Vols can keep these red-hot bats swinging into Omaha. There were six home runs yesterday. Set a new record, a new program record for home runs in an NCAA tournament game in Knoxville. And a tip of the cap to the Tennessee crowd out at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. They were loud. They made their presence known. Even came back loud on Saturday evening after a lengthy weather delay. I saw yesterday morning tickets for yesterday's game. We're going at StubHub for well over $1,000 on the secondary market. Of course, you also had the big orange block party. It had a ton of fans all weekend long as well, just outside the stadium. And congrats to the Vols. They should bring a large crowd up to Omaha this week. You have a 16-year drought. You're going to bring fans out of the woodwork up there. So hopefully Omaha is ready. Also, the weekend caps off an incredible career for Hall of Famer and LSU baseball coach Paul Maneri, who officially is now retired over his 39 years as a head coach, 15 seasons at LSU, over 1,500 career victories. Of course, won a national championship in 2009 with the Tigers. And now LSU's search for its next head baseball coach will really start to ramp up now. But a career definitely worth celebrating for Paul Maneri, a two-time SEC Coach of the Year. And talking post-game yesterday, he insisted he will be around as much as needed by whoever takes over as the next head coach. Doesn't want to overstep his boundaries in any way. Still some off-season logistics to be sorted out. But he will be around. His presence will be uh, noted around the LSU campus and, of course, with fundraising events and all that kind of stuff. But congrats to Paul Maneri capping off a, a fantastic career at LSU. And again, congrats to Avandi and Tennessee, both punching their tickets to Omaha. When we return, coming up next, we will hit on some of the other SEC teams, three other SEC Super Regionals this weekend in Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. We'll touch on those next. A reminder, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of it at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. They got baseball. They got NBA. They got NHL. They got UFC. Whatever it is that you want to bet on, you can do it all at BetOnline. Of course, you know NBA playoffs in full swing. Before that next game, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. They got a ton of stuff on that website. And if you head over there right now on your mobile device, you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 5050% when you sign up for the first time. Make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as uh, you got tons of action every single day of the year. Go to Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. 
along here, locked on SEC. And we already touched on Tennessee and Vanderbilt punching their tickets to Omaha, so they're moving on. But how about the shocker of the weekend? A rocking bomb walker stadium as Arkansas was playing host to NC State. They poured it on Friday night, a 21-2 romping at home on Friday night. Arkansas looking like they are in full control of this series. Then on Saturday, Arkansas lets one slip away. They lose 6-5, to five, so that set the stage for a winner-take-all on Sunday. The Razorbacks turn to their most reliable arm, their dynamic long closer, Kevin Copps, who would give up two runs early on, but he would settle down and start cruising inning by inning. The Arkansas bats, though, really stymied by the NC State pitching, but they would find a way to scratch across a run. And finally, the tie, uh, the tying run in the seventh, so we're all knotted up at two apiece, but in the top of the ninth, Kevin Copps still in the game. He would give up a solo home run to Jose Torres that would give the Wolfpack a 3-2 to two lead, and the Razorbacks, they would go quietly in the bottom of the ninth, and the top-seeded Arkansas Razorbacks would go down in their own Super Regional with NC State advancing to Omaha. 1-1, check swing, bouncer, racing the first as battles. He doesn't beat it. NC State wins it, going to Omaha for the first time since 2013. Cops took the loss despite throwing eight-plus innings, allowing the three runs with nine strikeouts. But Arkansas, they had just four total hits in their final game. They struck out nine times, and a disappointing end to a season Coach Dave Van Horn and company were really thinking possible national championship this year. Now their season has come to an end. Really shocking. But it just shows you on any given day, you can lose to anyone in this game. And a tough go for an Arkansas fan base that was rowdy and loud all weekend long. But kudos to NC State. Those guys were not rattled by it, and they advance. Another SEC team playing in an elimination game late last night. An Ole Miss out in the Tucson Super Regional taking on Arizona. The Wildcats took care of Ole Miss on Friday night 9-3 before the Rebels bounced back on Saturday winning 12-3 behind a solid night from Doug Nikhazy. Been so good on the mound all year for Ole Miss. He gave up two runs and struck out 10 in Saturday's win. That's at the stage for the late night decisive game three last night. And it was all Arizona jumping out to an early lead. Now toward left. Drifting back. And over the head of Kevin Graham. Ricochets away. Dante Williams is in. Here comes Jacob Berry. Bases clearing. Three run double. Nine to one, Arizona. And here comes Mike Bianco again to the mound. Arizona has blown it open. They've scored six times. Here in the bottom of the fourth, still batting with just one out. Ole Miss closer Taylor Broadway, he got the start. He was not very good. Gave up six runs off eight hits and just three innings of work. And before you knew it, Arizona was leading it 13-1. to And the Ole Miss bats, they just really had no answer. So Mike Bianco's club, they end their season. They had high hopes. And now both Arkansas and Ole Miss Heading home, two teams that were really loaded coming into this season and their college baseball seasons come to an end. One more team hoping not to head home, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They had a thrilling one on Saturday, 
with a lot of fireworks at Duty Noble Field. They pulled out a 9-8 victory. Rowdy Jordan scored three runs, drove in a couple. And on Sunday, the Bulldogs looking to close the door on Notre Dame, but the Irish had a little luck on their side. A four-run fourth inning put the Irish ahead 6-1, and they never looked back going on to win it 9-1. So first and third for one out. LaMotta lifts that one high and deep in the air. That ball is crushed into the left field lounge. Not a lot to cheer about all day for the Bulldog faithful Christian McLeod. He gave up seven runs, six earned in five innings on the mound. The Bulldog bats just stymied a little bit yesterday. Only five hits to go with seven strikeouts. And they will now play a decisive Game 3 winner-take-all game tonight at Duty Noble. 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern should be a really good one. Let's see if the Mississippi State Bulldogs can at least get one SEC West team into Omaha. Just a third SEC team trying to get into Omaha. Crazy to think that uh, Mississippi State loses tonight. We'll only have two SEC teams heading to the College World Series when you had six teams in the Super Regional. But that's just how it goes. So best of luck to uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs tonight. But congrats to the Vol Vol Nation and, uh, of course, the Vandy fan base. Y'all have a lot to be excited about. And, of course, both teams with a super chance to make some noise out there in Omaha. Coming up next, we will go around the conference. Plenty of football tidbits to hit on. I'm Chris Gordy back right after this. Built Bar, still the best tasting protein bar ever. We ask you guys all the time, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Built Bar's got nine delicious flavors, including some occasional limited time ones. But when you talk to somebody who's a fan of the Built Bar, they're definitely passionate about what their favorite is. If you don't know, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, you got coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is literally something for everyone. Of course, my favorite, the mint brownie. You can't go wrong with that one. But if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy as well. Many of the flavors have 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. What could be better than that? If you go order them today, you can get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever it is you like over at BiltBar.com. Go there right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you will get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Try them out today. We're along here, locked on SEC. And we've been talking a lot about uh, SEC baseball, rightfully so. A lot of SEC teams packing their bags, heading to Omaha, and a lot of great success. But we would be, be remiss if we didn't talk some SEC football. Tons of stuff going on with recruiting and transfer portal and everything else. So let's just jump right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. This was big news on Friday. Of course, we... Didn't have to do a, well, this is our first podcast back since then. But uh, veteran Georgia wide receiver, former five-star recruit, Demetrius Robertson has entered the transfer portal. Multiple outlets, including AL.com, reporting he has entered his name into the transfer portal. Coming out of Savannah Christian Prep, he was rated as a five-star 
uh, the number one wide receiver, number 13 prospect overall nationally in the class of 2016. He originally signed with Cal, but after two seasons in Berkeley, he transferred back to his home state to play for Kirby Smart. Robertson appeared in 32 games for Georgia over the past three years. He did not register a catch in 2018, but logged 42 catches for 443 yards and three touchdowns the past two seasons. The touchdown catches were all during the 2019 year. He had a rushing score in 2018. Uh, and we do want to remind you, entering the transfer portal does not bind a player to leave the program. Uh, cases of SEC players withdrawing their name from the portal, however, are pretty rare. So we'll see if Kirby Smart and company can get to him and keep him. But that would be a big loss for Kirby and company if they were to lose Robertson. Of course, the hope is that George Pickens gets back at some point and is 100% healthy for this team. But to, leave, to lose Demetrius Robertson uh, at this point in the year would be a loss for the Georgia Bulldogs. And so we'll keep an eye on that and see where he ends up. Uh, just two weeks ago, Cavantre Bradford, the running back from LSU, entered his name into the transfer portal. And Rivals recruiting expert Mike Farrell tweeted out on Sunday that the former LSU Tiger is heading to Oklahoma. Farrell added, added he was not sure when Bradford will officially make the announcement. But Cavante Bradford uh, signed with LSU back in 2020. Originally from Texas, he was a four-star prospect, had a ton of offers. As a true freshman, he played LSU's final five games last year. Had nine carries for 53 yards. Uh, and the season, so now, uh, season finale went over Ole Miss as well as a five-yard carry in the loss against Alabama. But Oklahoma, they have been the king of SEC transfers this offseason. Uh, they have brought in several Tennessee guys in running back Eric Gray, offensive lineman Wanya Morris, Tennessee safety Key Lawrence. They also just added Arkansas stud wide receiver Mike Woods a couple weeks ago, and now you can add LSU running back Cavantre Bradford. So Lincoln Riley doing his fair share of poaching from the SEC over at Arkansas. Let's see if it helps him finally, you know, maybe win a playoff game. Speaking of the playoffs, a college football working group officially recommended on Thursday expansion from four to 12 playoff teams. And LSU head coach Ed Ogeron was on a was a guest over the weekend on ESPN Radio's Marty and McGee. And Coach O said expansion was inevitable, said he is fine with a change that helps LSU have a better chance to make the playoff. Coach O said, quote, I think it's coming. Here's what I've learned. As the older you get, you have to adapt. The game is changing. Recruiting is changing. Things change fast. You just have to adapt. If they expand, then good. Gives us a chance to get in. He said, I have to play more games, but you have to adapt, and I think it's going that way. They get us into the playoffs. I'll be happy. So that was Coach O's thoughts. He is for the expanded playoff. In some recruiting news, Missouri, they picked up a big addition on Sunday afternoon for their 2022 recruiting class. They added three-star defensive back Marcus Scott, who was previously committed to LSU. He attends Conroe High School in Conroe, Texas, listed at 6'2", 170 pounds. 24-7 Sports has him as the number 36 cornerback in the country. His announcement comes on the heels of an official visit to Mizzou. But with that news, LSU is now down to 11 commitments for the class of 22, uh, 2022, while Missouri has nine commitments for the class of 2022, ranking 16th nationally. A Caleb Evans, a familiar face, grad transfer defensive back from Tulsa. He announced his commitment to Mizzou on Friday. Coach Eli Drinkwitz added former Tulsa defensive backs coach Aaron Fletcher to his staff in February. 
So Caleb Evans played in 30 games over four seasons, missed most of 2019 due to an injury, but he will have two seasons of eligibility remaining. Nice addition for Coach Drinkwitz. And one more. A uh, week after Montana State offensive lineman and starting tackle Connor Wood entered the transfer portal, he committed to Mizzou. A couple days ago, he tweeted out, I'm very excited to announce I can fulfill my lifelong dream of playing at Missouri in the SEC. He had offers from several other schools, but he will be a nice piece to add to the offensive line mix for Missouri. So Coach Eli Drinkwitz doing some work there the last handful of days at Missouri. A running back from the state of Louisiana has apparently decided that Rocky Top will be his home for the next several years. According to 24-7 Sports, Dylan Sampson told Go Vols 24-7 that he committed to the Vols during his visit there. Sampson is a native of Louisiana, was a standout at Dutchtown High School. He's listed at 5'10", 180 pounds, a three-star running back, the number 30 recruit from the state of Louisiana, and the number 50 running back nationally. After a brief stop in the ACC, David Cooper is reportedly back in the SEC. Dogs 24-7 reporting that Cooper has been hired as Kirby Smart's Director of High School Relations. Cooper had taken the recruiting coordinator position at Louisville back in February after spending the last two years on Dan Mullen's Florida staff in the off-field recruiting position of Assistant Director of Player Personnel. At Florida, he worked closely with Gators defensive line coach David Turner. The two had previously worked together at AM on Kevin Sumlin's staff. One of the most anticipated games of the college football season will be Georgia against Clemson in Charlotte. And Kirby Smart over the weekend on the Marty McGee show on ESPN Radio said, it's what people want to see. It's what college football is all about. When I was growing up, that was one of the biggest rivalries in all college football. Georgia-Clemson in the early 80s was just epic, and most people don't even remember that. And even as a player at Georgia, we played Clemson. I went to Death Valley, played them at home. And as late as Todd Gurley being here, we played Clemson. It's a great rivalry. It's not far apart. We recruit a lot of the same kids. Got a lot of respect for Dabo. So there you go. Kirby Smart talking about wanting to play Clemson maybe a little bit more in coming years. Over at South Carolina, their women's basketball coach, Dawn Staley, she has been a rising star in the game, obviously one of the best coaches in the country. She could be in line for a big promotion. According to The Athletic, Staley is listed among potential several uh, candidates for the Portland Trailblazers NBA job. Other names include Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, Mike D'Antoni, and Brent Barry. But Dawn Staley be a huge jump for her to go uh, from South Carolina, where she's had a tremendous amount of success, over to the Portland Trailblazers. So keep an eye on that. And speaking of South Carolina, the pandemic been tough on college sports budgets everywhere, but South Carolina, they've detailed exactly how bad it has been. Uh, said University of South Carolina Athletics concluded the academic year with a budget deficit of approximately $27 million because of the impacts of the pandemic. Ray Turner, the AD, said that he had never finished a, a budget year with a deficit. Primary reasons, they said, was reduction of seating capacity for home football games at Williams-Brice Stadium and many other things associated with the cost of COVID, including testing and everything else. I'm sure that is the case for many of the schools across the SEC. Switching gears, LSU men's track and field. They're the latest SEC team to win a national championship this spring. Coach Dennis Shaver's top-ranked squad scored 84 points to secure the 2021 NCAA Outdoor Track and Field national title on Friday night. Up in Eugene, Oregon, LSU won five individual event titles, and their six event titles at the NCAA Outdoor Meet are the second most ever in meet history. 
And uh, there you go. That is around the conference. Tons of football stuff going on. We will continue to talk tons of football stuff in the coming weeks, as well as keeping an eye on Omaha. We'll uh, get you set later this week on all the team SEC teams out there in Omaha getting ready for the College World Series. We'll have you covered right here on Locked On SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Remember, we're down to three days a week right now in the technical off-season. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we've got new episodes for you. We'll also bring you uh, plenty of football tidbits as well as we get closer to SEC Media Days. And, of course, the season starting up, we'll bring you a lot more content and episodes as we get closer to another football season. Preview guides are out on the newsstands. Love it. Can't get enough. But studying the depth charts myself, getting ready for the fall. Quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you guys on Wednesday for a Locked On SEC.